0: Welcome to episode five of Origin Point. We're going to talk to Bernie Solo today, and my name is Jake Pryor, and then my co host
1: Heidi Jacobs.
0: Cool. Well, Heidi, um, let's jump into the Fortnite update. What did you do the past couple weeks?
1: What didn't I do is the better question. Didn't have a baby. I did, did not have a baby. However, I went to the beach... Let's see. Last week I went to the beach. I fired my kiln and I did a whole bunch of random things around the house. Ben completed his elephant bandsaw box for one of our maker community fellow people. And we got a lot of stuff done just like randomly that um, pretty much covered most of my forecast from last week. So that was the, uh, the biggest thing. I was trying to compete with you, but I don't think that I could compete with the news that you have. Let's talk about your Fortnite.
0: Well, um, the first portion of my Fortnite was pretty good. We um, So the episode released on Monday, and we were super excited about that. And I remember that um, you and I were talking a little bit on Monday, and then Tuesday came along, and I had so much shop stuff, and I had, three different go- or I had three different orders that came into the shop all at once, and I was super excited about it. And then about 4 o'clock, my wife texted me and said, I think my contractions are five minutes apart. <laughs> and I was like, I should leave work right now then. So,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, so I hustled out of work. I picked her up. Uh, my parents were able to watch our first kiddo, and we hustled to the hospital, which was a lot of fun. Um, we got there about six, and then I think um, it was uh, eight fifty, almost nine o'clock, when they decided to break her water. And then here comes the juicy part of the story: um, they they broke her water, and then uh, about an hour later or so, she was having some pretty severe contractions. And the nurse that was in there with us was, had been; she has been a nurse for a very long time, super sweet lady, and she was. Uh, doing some paperwork on the computer or doing some do, filling out some forms for Savannah. and Savannah was like, I think, I think the baby's coming, and the nurse was like, well, we'll check you here in a minute, don't worry about it, we'll, um, <clears throat> it'll be okay, and, and I'll check you, and we're gonna have that baby sometime, you know, later tonight, and we'll check you a few more times, probably, and then, you know, when the, when the baby's ready, then we'll probably come. She's like, I think you need to check him now, and then, so she goes, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do that, and she still stood there for another five minutes, and um, then she came over there, and she's like, all right, let me check you, and then all of a sudden, she's holding the head of the baby. <laughs> And she was like, she was like, and she just looked at me with a shocked look on her face, like, uh, could you hit the call button or get the doctor? And we couldn't find the call button. So I just stuck my head out the door and I was like, we're having a baby. And then like the doctor came running down the hall and she was. It was so funny because she almost missed our first baby as well, but it was just getting to the hospital. This time the doctor was at the hospital and at the desk down the hall and almost missed it. And it was just the funniest thing. The doctor just couldn't believe it. She's like, I, she's like, you just don't want me to be here for you having a baby. And, um... So Savannah pushed twice and then the baby literally shot out like a cannonball. And in fact I didn't I didn't know this, but babies can get bruising on the way out. And like his whole forehead and his arm were black and blue, like bruising. But I had no idea. It was a new thing for me. Wow. Super healthy. Um you know, apparently since he came so quick, he had some fluid in his lungs and things like that, but it was all normal, it all checked out and um completely different experience we got the same we got the same room as the first kid which was the crazy part same room number same room totally different staff i was like this is funny but um it was a great experience and uh and we got to introduce our oldest to the newborn and it was a really sweet moment so that was a lot of fun and uh lots of friends and family that just stopped in in that one day and then we were able to get out the next morning and come back home and um i took off work for the rest of that week, last week, and then uh, surprisingly enough, um, both of the customers with the three orders were super understanding and awesome, and they were they were like they're like just take it easy, man. We'll push all of our orders about out a week, and I was like, you guys are the best, and so uh, that's what I'm working on this week because last week I tried to get as much sleep as possible, and um, <laughs> that didn't happen at all. And this week we've been I've been working on. I finally got some f- the. Uh, 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 ship date for my my plaques which is super exciting so i've got final numbers on that and everything and then i had two more orders that came in for some um some flag ornaments basically for the ornamental pieces for the center of a of a flag and that's gonna be pretty cool i'm, I'm excited about that you've
1: got a new baby what's his
0: name his name is joseph thomas Pryor. uh we're gonna call him joey so he shares the same initials as, as myself which is pretty baby. cool so. That's fine. Yeah, so that was our, that was our exciting baby story. Is is um, he shot out like a cannonball, and my. You
1: almost needed a hospital. Yeah,
0: almost. I told her on the way there that if she wanted to put her feet on the dashboard, I would slam on the brakes. But she did not want to do that at all. <laughs> I can't. I told her it would really hurt the resale value on the car. But you know, we're probably. I mean, it's a good little car anyway. It's probably gonna keep it. That's awesome. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, and uh, that's that's pretty much all that I've been up to. Um, so who would you like to shout out this week? Heidi?
1: Well, there is a maker that goes by the call sign of handle. Figments Made. Oh, yeah. The handle. Yeah, Figments Made. So she is one of the most active people in the community and is just constantly uh, supporting people and getting excited and getting people razzed up. And then, you know, she's like queen of hashtags, anytime that I post anything on Instagram or Ben posts anything on Instagram, she comes up with the most clever hashtags. And I'm like, man, she, that's, that's just what she should do professionally to be honest. Like she's just really witty and and a lot of fun. And she's got some really cool content that she's putting together and um, she's really kind of, I'm out of nowhere in my opinion to to just kind of like suddenly be on everybody's radar and and really act.
0: yeah i see that she's always super active in the community
1: yeah so uh figments made is my shout out i'll share a link on our
0: um, instagram and our show notes webpage show notes yeah
1: our sh- you've got the words
0: sometimes i have the words when i'm awake and i have enough caffeine um i think that I would like to shout out just like the community in general because uh, you know I have social media accounts on you know Facebook and Instagram and and um, things like that, Twitter, and I was really surprised and shocked with how many people wanted to just reach out and congratulate me and my wife on the new baby, and um, it was just it was a really awesome experience. It was fantastic, and um, of course I I was I was sure to pack my my hospital bag full of a bunch of Maker shirts and. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, I was, it, it was a humbling experience to find out how many people, uh, genuinely care and want to reach out and just say, you know, Hey, congrats. I'm glad, you know, g- and good luck. Cause I got that a lot too. So <laughs> it was, it was really great. And that's what I love about the community. So thanks to everyone who did reach out and, you know, and, and gave me a thumbs up and a, and a wave and a caffeine. <laughs> nah, you deserve it. So who did we get to talk to this time?
1: We got to talk to Bernie Solo, who is a maker, an artist, he's a, a mentor, does so many great things for his community. He provides files for people to print um, for all different reasons and, and things. So it's really cool. He's, he provides a lot of his 3D printing designs for people. Yeah. Uh, free of charge. He gives out advice. He is a coach for when you go to a maker event and helps you to break out of your shell and talk to other makers. He's just an all-around really great
0: guy. He is. He has really great hair. That's what I've heard. And uh, he's... Bernie with the good hair. He was a fantastic guy to talk to, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that it was really hard to, to cut this down, from my understanding, to, uh, such, to, to fit within a, a reasonable show. <laughs> but... Um, I think that what we did get out of it was just just some really good content that everybody's gonna enjoy, so uh you want to go ahead and uh get this one carved out for us then?
3: Hi Bernie. Oh
2: hello What's there
3: up? Bernie with the Hi. good hair.
2: yeah, I was supposed to get a haircut today, and i I didn't <laughs> <laughs> I more <am super laughs>
3: like three months ahead on haircuts than I am. <laughs>
0: All right. So to kick it off, um, I guess a good good question to kind of kick it off for you, Bernie, would be describe yourself and your interests in a couple of sentences.
2: Oh, great! Limited me to a couple of sentences. <laughs> great. Um, I think that uh, um, just um, and this is probably a lot of makers will say that they really enjoy problem solving. And so, whether it's something you know, I love mechanical devices, but I'm also trained as a an, an artist. I went to school for art, um, illustration, commercial art, and uh, photography. And so, I spent a lot of my career doing you know image imaging work, you know pictures and stuff. And but I wanted to get into something you know 3D. And uh, so, but um, you know, I think I was 15 years old, and I built my first robot. You know, so, I mean, I just, I've been all over the place. So as far as that goes, just, um, that's way more than two sentences, but just, uh, I, I guess just, I guess just a person that just can really loves looking at anything, whether I'm trying to fix a drain in the house or, you know, an electrical problem in the garage or whatever it is, just to. Uh, be able to come up with creative solutions for things, you know? So
3: we did want to talk to you a little bit. We did some research on you, uh, you know,
2: Uh a little journalism,
3: (laughs) right? A little journalism goes a long way. So obviously introduced you through the YouTube community with your works as Works by Solo, but we did see that you have another company called Solo Studio Works. Can you talk a little bit about how both brands came about?
2: oh yeah sure i uh, i was working as a as a studio artist doing um oh commercial art um, a lot of back in the day of airbrush work before computers um in the late 80s uh, so i was i was doing that type of work and then uh, started working at a, a studio that was doing digital artwork and so became a digital illustrator and uh had always wanted to you know build things and and uh, work on stuff on the side so um what I did was I I actually had a job at the studio. I was a commissioned artist, so that's sort of like being freelance but with a job. So, <laughs> so it's it you're still on commission, but you know you you're based. You only get paid on what you do, but you actually like to have a job. So it's kind of a mixture of the two things. But uh, but I I had a um, uh, a line of lamps, like you know home furnishing type lamps that I was designing, and uh, I wanted to uh start putting those in galleries and i had people asking me about that they said well this is electrical right and i said well it's a lamp you know and that was back before leds and low voltage and stuff so it was like you know well you're making a piece of art but we're going to plug it in the wall you know uh, you know i'm not sure about this it's the galleries were asking about that stuff so i i said okay well what do i need to do so i looked into it and i that's why i incorporated right away Was I? I said, you know, well, that's what corporations do, is you know, for liability purposes and stuff like that. So that was actually the reason that I started Solo Studio Works because, and because my my path and my career had been such kind of a mixed up mess already anyway, of not knowing what I was doing. I still don't. Um, That's why I stayed generic with Solo Studio Works because it was like, okay, well, you know, it's a, it's I just do stuff. So, I didn't want to label myself as a woodworker or a metalworker or whatever. So, anyway, so I named the company that. And then um, uh, did, you know, did some of the lamps. But that was a side kind of a side job. And then I, at the exact same time, my career in automotive image work, which was illustrative, illustrative photography. So, it's they're, they're photographs that are basically, you know, illustrated over the top of basically, you know, like beauty retouching for like fashion there's the same industry for cars. So all photographs of cars, a lot of the car photography is the cars are pre-production vehicles and they don't look right because they're hand built sometimes or they used to be anyway. Um, So the body didn't fit together. The color, maybe the color wasn't right or there was issues with the interior pieces. So anyway, car photography retouching is, was whatever you want to call it. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure where it's at these days. Because it changed, Positional and I can tell you a little right bit more now, about that right? later. Yeah, well, that's what I—that's what I turned it into. Um, but yeah, it was—you it was know—big, big business, and uh, there was not many—not people. Usually, when I say photography, it's usually comes down to like you know, baby pictures and stuff, and it was nothing—none of that involved. It was all product, uh, product type type of work. So then I was at the studio, but then I went and literally started my own doing my own automotive image work and that's when i was already incorporated so that was easy you know a lot of people now are their their businesses are taken off they're going independent but now they're trying to figure out like well, now what do i need to do to make it make this into a business so i was a little bit opposite i already had a um, an s corporation so when i decided to go off completely on my own it was like oh well i'm already incorporated i already have an art studio i mean it's already uh, you know it was it was for for doing art so so i did that so um and then uh, so the works by solo is a brand that is under the umbrella of okay. solo studio work so which is really convenient you know so for tax purposes and for buying you know um, uh, you know materials and machines and yeah. all that stuff we already know how to handle it um, uh, as far as expenses and things like that go so I just you know there's already a company credit card and there's already you know so that's for so my transition into doing this um, um, more of the making type of stuff is, uh, that that part of it that a lot of people I know I've heard a lot of, I listen to a lot of you know podcasts interviews and talk to people online and there's a lot of questions so so if anything I could put that out there as a as something for the maker community if people are um, have questions about actually being in business you know as a professional artist a maker actually literally being an S corporation um, you know you know shoot shoot me a note if you guys anybody out there it's got questions about things so I've been doing it for for a while so I've kind of it's almost like I feel like I do this kind of backwards you know.
0: In some ways, that's kind of an advantage.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it has been because yeah. right now it's a, it seems like it's kind of a headache for some people. The typical
0: icebreaker that we have for our guests um, will kind of harken back to what you uh, what you used to do, which is what is your current mode of transportation?
2: <laughs> My current mode of transportation. Yeah, yeah, yeah interesting. Now with, teenag- with two teenagers in the house and, and two cars, I don't know what I'm supposed to be driving. <laughs> Whatever's available. <laughs> so yeah, no Heidi, I don't know your your kids are not that old.
3: No, he's two. And,
2: and Jake, you're still a teenager. So <laughs> no, I actually, <laughs>
0: we, our, our second kid is due next month. Uh, so
2: yeah, well, you're so. you're a lot younger than I am, anyway. So <laughs> so so just uh, yeah, having teenagers, it's it's just a lot of fun. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, they grow up. They're just they're, they're just <laughs> a big joy once they get to be. <laughs> 16 17 18 years old um, but uh, so I used to wear my car like I was wearing jewelry like a lot of because I can pick on young people now because I'm 55 <laughs> years old it's gonna be like yeah that, huh? I used to and I tell you what you know having having kids and growing up and having a house and all the other things that go on with life and actually things that things that are enjoyable I, my wife and I look at cars now as uh, large appliances, like we do, like the furnace or the refrigerator or whatever. And it's like you just drive it until it breaks down to a point where you got to go buy another one, you know, type <laughs> of a thing. So, and we live out in the country, so uh, we need all-wheel drive. And we're in Michigan, so the winters are, are pretty harsh. And then we've got the muddy roads in the summertime and all that stuff. So yeah. two all-wheel drive vehicles. And I'm in the Motor City, so I have to have a Subaru and a Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> so, but basically, yeah, there's so many brand loyal people in the Detroit area because it's it's so it's Motown, imagine. the other yeah. City, and everything. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy because I remember when we went out to visit um, Maker Faire in California. I was like trying to find a domestic car and they're just not around. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, so anyway, so in the mode of buying for as a large appliance, I basically just shopped around to find out what I could get. And then the thing is, is we've been for years and years now, um, buying quality used vehicles too, not buying new, new cars, which is yeah. another hypocritical thing. Cause I worked in the new car advertising <laughs> field and you know, it's the most expensive consumer product that people buy. And there's a new one next year. There mm-hmm. will be a new car next year. I don't know if it's a surprise to you guys, but there will be the 2019s, right? But we See, don't go the- out and buy the 2019 refrigerator when it comes out. I decided not to ever have a pickup truck because um, when I grew up, my dad always had a uh, a, a utility trailer. So every time we ever needed to go get something, you had to go get lumber, had to go get an appliance or get whatever. We would have a utility trailer, just a small trailer, just a five by yeah. you know, eight foot trailer. And just, you know, have it make sure you have a trailer hitch, something you can pull it by and go do that and go then just to say, Oh, I got to go to home Depot and go get, you know, whatever. You can fit probably more in a utility trailer than you could on, uh, even in the back of a pickup truck. So
0: that's exactly what we're looking at is, uh, selling my truck and looking at used, uh, minivans that can, uh, that can haul a small utility trailer and yeah, it's the mm-hmm. way to go because you don't need it all the time. Right.
3: Yep. So Bernie, we noticed in your videos that you do a lot of sketching and drawing things out by hand, which is kind of unique in comparison to what a lot of people are doing now since like there's mm-hmm. SketchUp and all those things. And it was kind of nice to see someone working in that way when you were a kid, was there anything that you were obsessed with drawing that kind of helped you with your skills to be able to draw now as an adult?
2: Oh, that's a really interesting question because um, I hadn't even really thought about it that way, Heidi, until you mentioned it, but I used to draw um, vehicles when I was, yeah, in grade school. I, I would I would draw like these mechanical like things, like either, um, you know, combinations of stuff like had parts, like uh, I remember a few that were like these um, strange looking like uh, almost like a snowmobile type of machine that was half snowmobile and half motorcycle and just sort of like contraptions and things like that. So I was never really into drawing like, um, you know, animals and people and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So usually I was drawing, um, some sort of like objects. So maybe that's, that was, that was product design, I guess, starting at a young age. That's incredible.
3: A lot of people are like, I like to draw superheroes and Mickey Mouse.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. I never thought about it like that. But yeah, it was always always like that. I'm trying to you know get a, make sure I had like a straight edge or whatever. And of course, back in the day, it's it's kind of sad. A lot of I don't know about where you guys live, but um, a lot of the schools are public schools. They've um, been cutting back on some of the shop classes, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, like I had drafting in, in high school. It was just that was a right. blast it was mechanical drawing you know literally drafting and ger- drawing views of objects and you know parts and things like that and learning to, how to use circle templates and straight edges and um you know putting measurements on things basically like you know <laughs> cad on paper it's like yeah so, yeah, yeah. So i think there pit, are a lot so, of so pad right pad suffered.
3: i think there are a lot of courses that have suffered with the technology age where it's like why do we need to teach this in school it's more like the Mm -hmm. the math and other academics are much more important but what we're seeing is a resurgence in the need for those things now with like communities like ours that are raising up and kind of teaching kids like what's available and it looks like you've been doing a lot of that too with your studio
2: yeah yeah um the thing is with if you're even sitting in a restaurant somewhere, a fast food place, if you've got a napkin and a pen or a pencil, uh, you don't need your laptop. If you've got an idea, you know, or a sketchbook, you know, if you bring a sketchbook with you, you can, you know, jot those things down or just write them down even, you know, project ideas and things like that and put like a little sketch down like that because it's, yeah, that could be a big handicap if you're, you know, oh, I, I'll do that when I get home, you know, on my computer and, and then maybe, you know, you know forget about it or whatever and there's a lot of times too just by your hand strokes you may come up with some shapes just because that's the way you drew them you know for something versus the oh i can only make a perfect arc you know in cad or the straight line or whatever and it it you know you can you could do some things like like that plus i, I think that the whole eye coordination thing of just drawing is i, I mean what's the difference between drawing pencil on paper versus a um uh, a carving tool on wood, or even your hands, like, um, like Heidi, with your with your pottery, right? I mean, you're it, you're touching it; you're actually in contact with it, right?
3: Right. And
2: I think that um, there's something interesting just occurred to me. This is a little bit of a tie-in, and I I can definitely digress all over the place. But there was a, something that somebody I think um, Dave Petuto actually just put a question on Twitter like a couple weeks ago about. Why is there is something it was something to do with why is why do woodworkers some of them don't like CNC routers you know or like laser cutting wood with lasers and things like that. And I thought about it and I thought, well, I do a lot of CNC and a lot of digital fabrication work. And there's a difference between um, touching something like natural materials. I think m- most people would probably agree that the reason we like things like leather, wood, stone if you're if you're a gardener you like to get your hands in the dirt there's something about touching those things i know this is you know get getting a little lit, you know a little deep here but as far as touching material <laughs> touching materials and well people when they you know you greet somebody if you give them a hug i mean it's it's different than calling them on the phone you know and so i think that that uh yeah. touching that stuff and then actually having a piece of paper in your hand which that uh, paper's you know either made out of wood or a some sort of a cotton fiber or something like that, you know, and you've got that, that, that direct contact. It's completely different than working with a computer.
0: Well, I think, and you could probably, uh, create an analogy, uh, with like baking. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, you can bake cinnamon rolls, but also you can have store-bought cinnamon rolls that are mass produced. And I think a lot of people have that, that mindset of, uh, Oh, well, it's done on a machine. It can be mass produced. But in reality, a lot of these benchtop machines that, uh, more and more people are using, they actually do take a lot of input to, you know, to, to fine tune them or also get the exact replicate, what you're, what you're looking for. It's not, I, I don't feel like it's as easy as just pressing a button. Like a lot of people seem to think.
2: <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's one, one thing I was going to mention to you, Jay, cause I know you do some CNC work and um, there was one thing I was going to talk about uh, with you to see what, you know, kind of what's, what you thought about it. Um, but back mm-hmm. to that original question, about with the young people, um, there's the, in Michigan anyway, we call it STEM education, mm-hmm. the S-T-E-M, the science, technology, engineering, and math. Well, there's a there's a move, maybe you guys have it when, where you are at too, that they're actually trying to change it more into STEAM. It makes a better word, and it's it, it's putting the arts in there as well. And oh, that's nice. the um, With me, whenever I talk to – people about it because i do talk about it at schools career days and things like that with the robotics program and boy scouts and other things that i'm involved with with young people maker fairs and stuff like that is that the reason that um the a the a didn't make it into stem education was that the a is actually supporting the whole s-t-e-m it's it's the foundation of everything it's the it's the innovation part of it it's it's the motivation of why the science t- why the scientists are doing mm-hmm. science why the technology people are into technology the why why an engineer is an engineer and why the mathematicians are doing their thing is because they're trying to solve problems and they need to be creative uh, you know to to do that and so that yeah. creativity is what the A stands for I know they they say well A is for the arts but um, it's actually for the basis, the innovation, inventiveness, creativity, and all that, that, that ties that all in together. Cause I, I'll say that, you know, if you can put a, um, hundred engineers and mathematicians in a room and if nobody's got a good idea, what are they going to do all day? Yeah. You know, you, well, you need somebody with an idea. And the other thing is when I, when I mentor young people and my two kids are teenagers right now, looking at what are they going to do for careers? Um, the thing is, is that the people that have the ideas are the leaders. The people that are doing the work are the followers. So even if there's a student that may not be the best academic student, he's the, usually it's boys that are, you know, they're daydreaming, looking out the window. Um, (laughs) That all daydreaming thing is uh, they're, they're the ones with the idea. And if they can't, it's like if if say, say there's a young person like that that they're they're not doing well academically their grades are down and all that but they're they're creative and they have creative ideas they could as an entrepreneur they could hire the person to do the engineering they could hire the person to do the math for them the technology and all that if they've got the idea they might not be able to do it themselves do that you know like this picture like steve jobs it was kind of like yeah. that he didn't build the computers he had the ideas, you know, for, for uh, putting that stuff together. So I think that there's a lot of emphasis on the academics and looking at good and good grades and things like that. There, the, the focus is a little bit, you know, a little bit too much on that. And uh, mm-hmm. if we all focus on the creativity, we can get the other stuff done.
0: And I, and I completely agree with that because one of the things that drove me, cause I'm a drafter as um, as a, is as far as career goes. And uh, one of the things that kind of drove me that direction was uh, getting out of a, uh, a Cisco networking course that didn't quite sit well with me when I was in high school. And I switched to drafting cause I heard it was easy, but actually what happened was the teacher was so laid back and let us kind of um, exercise our creative muscles by letting us choose what software we wanted to use and choose what uh, objects we wanted to draw. He let us bring stuff in to measure and and just yes. draw whatever. And so mm-hmm. it was really great. And it really set me on a trajectory. And the coolest part was when I got into college, the first classes I was required to take was actually behind a drafting table with no computer. And it was super cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I was excited for that. So exactly like what you were talking about. Um, and mm-hmm. that was it's interesting to hear your perspective of it um, being able to kind of help influence through uh, the, the steam program as it's turning into Um, and it it kind of harkens back to what, what I, you know, was in a decade ago. Um, And so that kind of leads me into my next question of uh, you know, during your kind of creative journey, who is, who's kind of push you or help you go in the, in the right direction that you've kind of been in.
2: It probably goes back to the same thing you were just talking about, a teacher. And it's funny, I think a lot of people, well, they could probably find one teacher or a, or a scout leader or somebody that was in their history when they were young that maybe, you know, one person, I mean, if people are fortunate, maybe they have two or three people that, that affected them. Um, I had a uh, my art teacher in school, I had a couple of them, and they, they weren't so enthusiastic and they were... Basically busy with the kids that were taking art so that they could they well um, I don't know what you guys call them but they the, the word that I use around here is super seniors the the kids that have been a senior for like four years and they're just trying to get them out of the school system so they <laughs> say that I'm taking as many easiest classes as possible but um, uh, I know a lot of times they, they'll they'll say that the art classes are easy like you said the drafting is easy you know sort of a thing and it's it's uh, it, it, I, I guess it's it's um, not necessarily easy it's it's that uh, the requirements aren't the same as passing a math test or something like that mm-hmm. when you do a piece it's more subjective it's more um you know more artistic so i i would say to answer your question that there was a photography teacher i actually had photography in high school that let us do what we wanted to do um and there was a uh my drafting teacher was a similar to yours but it was drawing on paper would before you know, computers. And I actually, my school actually had a printing press, an old printing press. And we, I had a graphic arts teacher who let us, we made our own designs and we actually made our own stationery. So we actually, he had us design our own logos. We made the printing plates and then we printed notepads and we put them the pads together and we actually made notepads and we could give them you know as christmas gifts or whatever like that so when i see jimmy duresta you know working yeah. on his old printing presses and stuff like that making those prints i'm just like oh i I've, I've done that you know it's yeah. like when i was in high school and it was just um you know it was, it was really cool and those sparks are amazing i it was like I said my, my kids are teenagers now so I've seen them through school and I've seen some of the things and it just some oh my gosh they they stopped letting me go into parent conferences because I was like are you kidding me it's like my son was like I don't like writing I don't like writing well what do you writing about well they're making us write about this or I've got to read this book and then I got to do a report on this and it's like really and they' you're you know you're learning language arts you're learning how to write you know or grammar and you're learning all those things now, how many writers, professional writers, do you know that write about stuff that they don't like or they're not interested in? I mean, zero. Percent of them.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, you know, most people that are novelists, they they write about what they're interested in. They don't oh, write a novel. Yeah,
3: and most of my know. friends are article writers.
2: <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. But but I know like um, writers that are like write about technology. They are interested in technology, so they. They, they write about those things, um, you know, or if it's uh, they're working for, you know, travel magazines or whatever like that. I, sure. I, I I think so. Yeah. But Heidi, I'm sure that there's people in all, all fields that don't, you know, like what they're doing. But uh, I think that uh, getting back to the point was what Jake said, that he had a teacher that let him t- do drawings of something that he was interested in. So if. If there's any language arts teachers out there I would hopefully you could let, let the kids pick something that they are interested in to write about and you may find out that they will write better papers
0: yeah I think being a, l- a little um, less uh, constrictive on the lesson plan is definitely one of the things that everybody claimed made drafting easier and uh, it definitely had a lot to do with the professor as well he was just he was a very easygoing guy he was um, uh, he was from jamaica and he's just he was very laid back he was a super nice guy and um he would he would he let us just bring in i mean i remember just designing a coffee cup and things like that uh it was it was very neat yeah. and very laid back and he very subjective grading um but that also really helped me get involved with uh inventor in 2008 so that would I mean mm-hmm. it, in uh, long, a long decade ago now and um so being able to actually get involved with a program so long ago was, was a huge advantage, I think, uh, in a lot of ways, but, um, yeah, so j- just kind of easing up and not being as strict is definitely one of those things that I let, let the creative juices flow, uh, with somebody's, uh, interest or passion.
2: Right. Right. Especially for students, you know, like to, to Heidi's point, you know, you may get to work and have to drew, do a CAD drawing of something that you really are not interested in, but that's mm-hmm. your job. You know, so that you do have to sit down and actually do your work. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like
0: It'd be it's nice to
2: get a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, you're like I, I don't really, I don't really like that. You know, so um, yeah.
0: So uh, between the pencil and paper, and all the way to your um, 3D uh, printers, as well as your CNC, uh, what, what would you say is probably your favorite tool to use?
2: Oh, uh, favorite tool to use? Well. See, okay, this goes back to, I I said I was going to bring something else up and talk to you about it because you you do do some CNC router work. That um, the reason that I built my first 3D printer and uh, built my first CNC machine, that was to get the stuff out that I had in my head Mm -hmm. designed. So, it's with me it's it's not about the tool and this is another this is advice for a lot of makers out there that are fascinated with the tools they're fascinated with laser cutters they're fascinated with CNC routers they're fascinated with CNC mill they're fascinated with tools i would say make sure that you've got something that you want to make first with that tool because um, it could be as simple as a table saw. It's like I really am fascinated with a table saw. Well, if I don't have anything that I really want to produce with the table saw, I if I get it, I'm not going to do much with it. So, what, what I did, and, and this kind of ties back into my automotive um, career, was that um, we did start, and Heidi can jump down to something there, um, where uh, I was doing two-dimensional pictures for advertising. So we were doing photography, and then we were doing retouching, and then it turned into we were getting the CAD from the OEMs, uh, from the manufacturers, the CAD of the actual cars, like next year's car CAD, um, and doing photorealistic renderings of those vehicles, which didn't turn out right. Uh, involved photography skills because we had to light the cars as if they were being photographed by a professional car photographer. And then because the CAD was either missing parts or the rendering, something was off or the environmental mapping wasn't quite right or whatever. It needed extensive retouching on it. So what happened was I think a big trigger in my path was that I had all this 3d data and I was producing 2d art but with 3d data and i saw all the 3d data in there. then i started learning more cad and learning um you know modeling and and designing some of my own jewelry pieces and things like that and i went uh, you know this this i i need i need 3d output so my drive i i think when you say the favorite tool i think is is just um brainstorming i mean i really like to sit with a sketchbook or a pa- paper and actually brainstorm if it even creating logos. Cause I, I had to do, you know, design training um, when I was in school too. And in, in my, I have my bachelor's of fine art in illustration, but there was design courses that I had to do with a minor in photography and um, just um, thinking about it, I guess, you know, even with photography, I'm um, thinking about the, the, the photograph and thinking about the image and what's the story what's the story of this photograph going to be? You know, what what do I want people, when they look at this single-frame picture, what is it that they're going to, what's the communication there? What is that all about? So the tool, in that case, is a camera. Uh, you know, there's a tool for some of the other um, things, like uh, some of the 3D models that I've got them given away, like on Thingiverse and stuff like that, that are, um, it, it was all about the model, and not about the tool, not about the, you uh, um, the, the printer, or what, what kind of printer I was going to use to do that, I'm it was CNC. So I guess it's that the, should I say the origin point? <laughs> <laughs> the origin point is my favorite tool of how these, how these things come about. Because um, I've talked to a lot of people about their uh, innovations. And a lot of people will be working on a problem night and day. They finally get so tired, they go to sleep. And it's either in the morning when they wake up or when they're in the shower that the solution occurs to them. Okay? Right? So there's some, some sort of magic about that. And there's um, some really smart people like Einstein and uh, – um, These big top names like that 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 will concur or well he can't now but (laughs) um, but but they will say like these ideas came to them these inventions and stuff came to them not while they were working on it yeah I'm fascinated with that I love to go to bed thinking about all this stuff it's like I dump it in this like big mixer and then I go to sleep and I wake up in the morning and go I got it I got you know where's my paper I got to write this down exactly but that's a it's very it's a common thing in fact I think um. Some people have actually talked about the word genius as that the person's not the genius. Genius is the thing that happens to you when you wake up in the morning and that, <laughs> that idea comes, you know. Um it's they it's don't, don't no, no. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. As, yeah. Yeah. You you as you, opposed
0: to a noun, yeah.
2: You're not being a genius, you just you have a stroke of genius. Like genius yeah. can hit you in the head <laughs> with you know, with the uh, the answer to the solution. I'm just so fascinated with that. Then so as far as the answer to your tool question, then it is, okay, what tool or what combination of tools do we need to get that out with then And how do we, how do we produce that? And that's, that's a fun journey I think in itself because say, it's like, Oh, I could do it like this or I could do it yeah. like this or you could do it. Yeah. Now we've got this tool, you, you got know, but seven I don't have that tool.
3: And yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then there's the mediums and the tools that I don't have that it's like, ah, uh, where's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I need another tool, power tool. <laughs> because I have this project that I don't have. With I uh, I just stumbled upon that's uh, going to answer to another question. But um, I think, Heidi, you've been messing around with the wood lathe a little bit too. Yeah. I,
3: yeah. I was I, really excited when I saw you got one.
2: I just happened to – it was an accident. That's, the, <laughs> that's what I'm claiming. It's an accident that I have a wood <laughs> lathe
0: now. So. I accidentally bought a lathe. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did.
2: Yeah. I fell off the track, I swear. My wife does not believe that story at all.
3: So, Bernie, the first video that I saw of yours was your concrete lamp that you did. And obviously, you have a lot of ability to create things by hand just from seeing that. But you've also thrived on a lot of different available technologies that are out today, from CNC to 3D printing. You seem to always be an early adopter for those things. Does that seem to hold true for you, or is it just kind of like whatever tool is available, you kind of take leverage on?
2: It's just because I'm old. <laughs> I've been I've been doing it for a while. We built the first 3D printer in uh, 2010, uh, an old MakerBot. I still have it, the the wooden the old wooden MakerBot, and that thing still works. It's, it's it still works uh, for sure. But um, again, as I was talking to uh, to Jake about that, I, I usually try to find the solution after I have the design. But then the design evolves based on the technology, so it, it's I I think I like the the whole mix of it, you know, all the way through. Where something it like the design will drive what tool gets used, but then as the tool is getting incorporated, it's like oh well, wait, I can do this now because of the tool, and then go back you go backwards to the design and maybe tweak the design so that it comes back. So, so it's kind of all mixed, all mixed together. And I think that has a lot to do with not having any formal training in fabrication or um, production or anything like that, you know, just sort of just mixing up whatever it is that, whatever it takes, you know, to uh, you know, to, to get it done. And I was really nice. I've I've actually seen lately, there's been a few other people online that have been using that um, that pink foam insulation, the pink or the blue foam to make cut, cut molds. it's horrible stuff it really yeah
0: yeah, two weeks (laughs) ago I was just talking to my cousin about it and I was like hey I have this great idea for us to cut he wants to cut some um, guitar patterns on on the CNC and we want to do a test piece obviously before we put in a $60 guitar blank and I was like I had this great idea we'll use pink foam and then here it is a week later I watch you have a video about it and I'm like well I was like it's nothing new and innovative but it's definitely very smart well it's really cheap
2: I I forget how much it was but you can only buy like a 4 by 8 sheet of it so you end up with this big chunk of foam you know mm-hmm. in the in the garage but um yeah you can use it for a lot of stuff it's just it's just a it's it's so messy. It's really delicate. You know, if you just look at it wrong and it's done with a gouge in it or, you know, a dent or something like that. Yeah.
0: I was really worried when you uh, were using the mold for the lamps and I saw that tiny stem that you had left in the middle and I... <laughs> oh
2: no, you saw that. Bro. Yeah. That <laughs> goes in my list it of, it Yeah, my list of uh, dumb ideas. It was like, <laughs> why would I go with a four inch long end mill around like this three inch long, it was literally like three, seven inch little stem in the middle it's like there's probably a lot of people going like what that's the first thing yeah. you snapped off yeah there's just such a you know but i needed that hole for the um i actually just needed a placeholder really i needed to know yeah. where that thing went through the middle of the lamp so even if it broke off later is you know it is fine but but you're right yeah it could have been just a uh, a dowel put in later or something like that so but though but that's why i do these things too to learn stuff you know So, but I I think I want to do that with some of my, my next project videos and things like that. I really want to start putting in there like what I learned and (laughs) what I could have done, or maybe there was an alternate idea that I didn't do that, you know, somebody else wanted to pursue it. They could do that um, stuff like that. So I think um, I I just haven't put that much stuff in there. You know, those, those like try, like um, I've been working with them with the wood lathe and I've just, I literally was online. I, I forget who I was chatting with in, in like a direct message uh, the other day about that that, that, that the I don't know what I'm doing. So all I'm watching, I'm watching YouTube videos to learn how to do wood turning. And I swear, I, I definitely was glad I was wearing a full face shield because the, the wood just came out of the chalk. I mean, like four times. And I was just like, oh, I should just go to bed. This is just not good. Yeah. Something's going to get broken, including my head. But the whole thing of having a wood lathe is an accident at this point, anyway. So, for the, for the record, it's it's accidental. Because I really, I, I actually, I stopped in the middle of a metalworking project. I made that attachment for my my metal lathe where I can I can cut spheres on the on the metal lathe and. Um, <clears throat> I even talked to Heath Knuckles about doing. I want to do a metal sphere project coming up, and uh, so we talked a little bit about that. So because that, you know, the a yeah. lot of the sphere making on wood lathes is all by by eye. <clears throat> a lot of it is. I know there's some sphere tools yeah. out there that that you can get for it, but um, there's several people on YouTube that had done some metal lathes for, for making knobs on things. I had an Instagram post where I actually made the the device, but then I had to I made a knob for the, <laughs> the lever on the device itself. But, um, you know, I remember before there was an internet, you know, I mean, there's just just this access to other people and having to, you know, be able to talk and like, like we're talking right now. But when I first got the lathe going, I had no idea what I was doing. i looked at some, the wood lathe that is, uh, some videos and I thought, okay, well, I got the basic idea here, but there was a couple of quick questions that I had and um, I did direct message. You, you guys know um, Steve Twidel in Ireland?
3: Yeah. Good guy.
2: Okay. Yeah, so you know, there the timing is like five hours difference, you know. So I'm like looking at the time, I'm like, oh, he's probably still up, you know. So I messaged him and asked him some questions um, about about some things. But you know, it's just um, I don't know, to, to, maybe because I don't know, maybe it's magical for everybody. But I mean, I just remember not being able to do that, you know, and then now I can literally get on my phone and. With a few keystrokes, ask him, <laughs> ask a guy in Ireland, like how yeah. to, you know, my sharpen my lathe tool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, if you can run a simple test of, like, the you've probably heard this where a candle can light another candle and it doesn't hurt the first candle, right? I, I so, haven't heard so, that. Well, if something passes that test, then it's like that's a win win. Yeah. That's just mm-hmm. like you're just sharing, yeah. you're not taking something away. Like when I worked in the, uh, uh, the automotive advertising industry. Like if I had a, a colleague that was a, well, a friend of mine one day and the next day they're a competitor, you know, cause we're both bidding on a project. Well, if I got the project and they didn't, then, you know, I win, they lose. Or if they got the project and they won the bid and I didn't get it, then I, lo- you know, I didn't get it. But it seems like this maker community, it's like, if I'm doing something, what does it hurt if I, like with Jake, like you like that, um, you know that that two layered wood box. So, like you want some help with that? Well, why not? It's not like I'm going to lose. It's going to cost me something, you know, to uh, you know to help you out with it, you know, to share. It, you already said that, you know, it made you start thinking about things. So, so you know, so what? <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's, there's there's no loss, and even even some of the people with bigger channels and the more of the YouTube. Uh, fame more famous maker on youtube the maker community there's there's nothing there there's nothing that they're going to lose a lot of them will say well you know i'm not gonna you know give somebody a shout out with like they're not trying on their channel or much they just want me to promote them or whatever even if they did they wouldn't lose anything from it you know there's no real loss there but it's like okay you know but we still have to have there's some Oh, I don't know what you what you call it. There's just there's only so many hours in the day, I guess.
0: Yeah, you
2: know, yeah. it's like people that you message somebody and you you send somebody a a DM or something. It's like, well, you didn't write me back. It's like, well, gee, you know, you think Bob Clegg is a little busy maybe during the day, like he doesn't have time to you know send you a message back, and that's exactly the case.
0: Well, I have too uh, many contrary. People. Contrary to that, I, I'd actually be very, uh, the, a lot of the people that I have run across and reached out to, I've been shocked with, you know, being a no-name nobody, just see on, on multiple platforms such as Instagram or Twitter or something like that. They don't always respond, but I've been shocked with how many mm-hmm. do respond and how involved they are with uh, trying to either help solve a problem or, or, or things. I feel like mm-hmm. that's what the maker community is kind of yeah. uh Largely based around is there they are people who are in love with problem-solving and so mm-hmm. uh, It's been a it's been a great uh, experience for me especially since I really I don't I don't have a YouTube channel or anything But I've met people through Instagram in in various capacities and uh, it, It's been fantastic uh, You know just meet and have jump in to solve a problem or uh, share their experiences on how they did mm-hmm. solve a problem.
2: Well, like I was saying, uh, just to clarify that they—if they—if somebody out there, anybody listening to this, that they have sent a DM to somebody that mm-hmm. has a big channel and they're not getting a response back—that I would say I've—I've I've met pretty much through going to the Maker Fairs and Maker Central and all that. I've mm-hmm. pretty much met everybody that's you know somebody in the maker community. And there's not one of those people that if they didn't respond to an authentic question, it was because they didn't have time or they didn't see it. It wasn't because they didn't want they it's so that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And they, yeah. You got, you were fortunate that maybe they saw the message and then they got back to you, whatever. But like I said, anybody out there that's, asking a legitimate question and that wants help. If they don't get an answer from somebody, it's just because it either just didn't get seen or there just isn't enough time.
0: Your first video lines up when I started paying attention and realizing that there was a maker community, which was the uh, USB, concrete USB challenge.
2: Oh yeah, that Michael Long put on, right?
0: Yeah. And um, that was because um, Jack or whatever had somebody that was kind of naysaying him. If I remember right, it was kind of mm-hmm. the whole spark behind everything. And uh, yep. I watched that playlist of that somebody generated of all of these different USB hubs and concrete. And you know, I, I'm pretty sure I saw your video and I saw Paul Jackman's video and a few others. And I just, you know, I was just it, mind blown that all these people would kind of rally behind this challenge for no reward or anything like that, but just. Um, to kind of collectively have the same idea in so many different manners
2: yeah yeah I, I had a I had um, some similar experiences with um, you know being introduced to the community too and it was it was uh, it was great. Um, yeah, you know, I, I thanked uh, Michael um, over and over again for coming up with that challenge. Um, you know, to do that, and uh, it's really funny. I, I finally got to meet um, Jaco in uh, in the UK when I went yeah. over to Maker Central, and uh, I mentioned that to him about that challenge. He was like, "The what?" And I go, "You know, remember the USB <laughs> thing?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, that yeah, I remember that." And he was like. You know, cause he's got so much on He just introduced yeah. that product of his, that, that maker knife, you know? So he was, you know, overwhelmed with, um, oh, everything yeah. at the time, but it was just, um, you know, so I, I, I told him, I said, well, if you, if you hadn't screwed that up, I wouldn't be, on, you know, YouTube. No, so <laughs> he's, he's a, pretty <laughs> funny, he's a pretty funny guy. Um, but, um, yeah, so yeah. So, similar story with me, um, finding it. Cause everything thing that I knew about what I was doing was pretty local. It, it didn't involve, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the internet and YouTube was a place to go, you know, to, to look at things and watch, you know, people do some stuff or get, you know, tips on things. Or I, I went to YouTube a few couple of years earlier to go find out how to fix my dishwasher.
0: Well, um, to kind of wrap things up, I know we kind of got off on a tangent, but to, to wrap things up, we usually ask our guests, you know, how, if somebody wanted to kind of get into what you do or things like in that manner, how would you recommend they kind of get started with it or get the ball rolling, so to speak?
2: Okay. So I had a little bit of practice in this because of being a a mentor, like I said, for some of the young people at high school and the robotics team and stuff like that, that um, we were working on some problem solving there. And if you're no matter where you're at, I mean, we were actually the one day I was talking to one of the fellows and we were actually, just leaving the men's room. And he was said something about some sort of a hinge of some sort, or there was a, some sort of a mechanism that had like a hinge pin or something in it like that. And literally between walking through the, uh, um, from the men's room back to where we were working, we probably passed like three or four hinges that were in the hallway or, you know, on a door or on some sort of a, 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 a latch of some sort, you know, were right there we were walking right past them and i said well you know if we're trying to hinge this thing this part of the robot to do something we just walked past these four different hinge solutions right here so um as far as you know problem solving i i think i think just general observation i think i think observation of our life just around us if you just sit wherever you're sitting right now you i'm sitting in a room you guys are sitting in rooms right now and if you were looking around like jake you've got a pattern on that uh cloth behind you there that's like crazy
0: yeah is that is that jamaican i have no <laughs> idea it was on sale i can tell you that much <laughs>
2: So, so anyway, but they look at their circles on that. Right. And there's like a pattern and that well, how many, you know, what's on there? You've got six, there's like eight leaves on each one of those wheels and there's. Right. So, so whatever you're doing, I mean, you might come up with some design of some sort now that you've just looked at that, you know, and I just think that that stuff's magic, I guess, getting back into that favorite tool thing. I think that if we all just take a little bit of time, wherever we're at, I mean, if you're walking on the sidewalk, I mean, what's the pattern on the sidewalk, you know, and how are the grooves made and how did it be put together and how's it connected to the curb and, you know, what about the building that's next to you, you know, look at the brickwork, look at the railings, how are those things connected, what's it made out of, you know, is it part plastic, is it stainless steel, is it aluminum, Um, and all those things, and I think, I think just general curiosity, like I said, you can be anywhere, You know, and sit down, if you sit down in the middle of a grassy field, I mean, get really close down and start looking around at what, what's there, you know, um, nature, structures in nature are just fascinating. If you go out in the woods and you look at, um, well, like we like to work with wood, right? So you Mm -hmm. look at like different tree barks and why, why, why do you know what a, um, an oak tree looks like different than an ash tree or a maple tree or um, what's the difference between the different types of maple leaves? Or different types of plants or, you know, why is that? Yeah. Why am I itching after I just touched the poison ivy plant that I didn't, you know, you know, um, some of my jewelry designs are based on uh, organic shapes and leaves and seed pods and, and yeah. stuff like that. So, I, you know, uh, you could d- design it and, and you will if you research pattern designers or whoever designed that bedspread that that behind you I mean it was inspired by something you know and I think that uh, you can basically be anywhere and just look around and be inspired by something and even if it's just some pattern you don't know what you're going to use it for just write it down you know write it down or draw it or sketch it somewhere and eventually something's going to come to that. I mean, you might have a sketch of some weird shape that you saw or some little mechanism or something that's made out of wood or plastic or something. And then maybe a year or two later, there'll be the next part of it that'll show up. So I I would just tell people to just be curious, just be curious all the time, whatever it is, wherever you're at. And, uh,
0: well, I think uh, I think the last thing would be uh, you're uh, a, a plug for you uh, if you could just kind of maybe plug your stuff and where people could find you if they want to find more information about you or uh, maybe you know watch your YouTube videos or just find okay. out more about you
2: yeah um, I I took advice when I got my channel started and my branding um, from some people that 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 stumbled on their branding a little bit and I made sure that I could call all my channels the same thing <laughs> so so wor- works by solo is on everything so it's well everything i'm on anyway instagram uh twitter youtube facebook um all right all the, all the all the normal things and then i um i do have the url as well so wor- works by solo uh.com is there so and i'm working on building that that website up i think a lot of people that's that's the last thing is the website and once the website's designed then it needs to be redesigned <laughs> it's like oh, so yeah. and putting more more content on there too and i i do want to have a lot more of my projects um with resources on the website too so maybe some plans and some some things that i have that i you know can put up there and do some finished yeah. drawings you know that might help some people out so
3: Thank you so much for taking the time with us. I know that someone out there is going to be absolutely inspired to hear your story. Yeah. And uh that's kind of what we're all about. So we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us.
2: Yeah, well th- thanks a lot you guys for having me on. I I this is all the stuff we talked about is the stuff I love to hear from other people too. So maybe I'll have to interview you guys later and find awesome.
1: out Awesome. <laughs> why are
2: why are you doing what you're doing?
1: bernie solo is freaking awesome
0: yeah undoubtedly (laughs) he has done all kinds of stuff his designs are really where it's at but just the amount of help that he gives to the entire community and just the inspiration that he helps give to everyone is just phenomenal
1: yeah i feel like he's like everybody's dad or every everybody's dad you want to have as your dad right like
0: yeah he's like a really cool harrison ford that does design
1: yeah yeah with good hair
0: with better hair yeah
1: better hair yeah right uh i i'm just so impressed at like his timeline of how he just find things to work for himself but i think that the one thing that i didn't know about him that he kind of alluded to was that he originally really liked doing lighting design and it's really funny that it ties into how the first time i discovered him was that he was making a really really interesting lamp and um that's what caught my attention so i I, like listening back through the interview it's like really struck me
0: yeah all of his i really just i loved how he uh designs all the different things you know a lot of the times by sketching it out first which you just really don't see all all the time and like he was saying at the end there you really it helps to just carry a sketchbook on you and whenever inspiration strikes just you're able to pull that out of your back pocket and just kind of start um you don't necessarily have to rely on Uh, Getting your laptop out, or computer, or anything like that, because it's not feasible all the time to have those things with you when inspiration strikes. But to have a notepad in your back pocket is super nice. So,
1: Jake, what's your Fortnite forecast for the next two weeks?
2: (laughs)
0: Ah, (laughs) I told you I'd find a kazoo. I'm we found these suckers for like 68 cents and i was like i've gotta have one and we showed it to aaron and he got it right away it was the cutest thing he's just running around like <laughs> and i was like man i gotta i threw it on my desk last week or two weeks ago and I, um i like had a whole different life since then and almost forgot about it until we sat down and i was like i can't say anything till we get to a good part of the episode
1: oh, I love it. God, <laughs> love it so great
0: Oh. <laughs> all right so uh what's your forecast or did you ask uh, me
1: yeah i asked you what your forecast was and you just pulled out a kazoo
0: <laughs> <laughs> well my immediate forecast was kazoo after that <laughs> i don't i don't know actually what's really cool is um so like i said i had uh i had three three different uh, orders that popped up like the day we were having a baby and you know so that kind of took precedent over the orders and now I've got all those orders lined up to go out um, by Tuesday so what's really exciting about that and I'm actually super excited about it is I don't have anything scheduled after that like nothing like I got podcast stuff new baby stuff and then like shop projects and I'm that's what I'm most excited about so like, all these shop projects that I've been wanting to do and I just haven't had time to do, uh, that's that's what I'm going to be focusing on. Um, it's just getting some of the stuff kind of updated, getting um, those wheels that I talked about so long ago, and then uh, just cleaning some stuff up, getting the CNC enclosed. So those are, those are some things that are on my to-do list that I cannot wait to f- to have a to-done list. So to-done yeah, I don't know what... <laughs> I, I have no idea what nec- what my next um, Fortnite update is going to look like. But we will... So that's my... Like, everything that I've got planned is Surviving. done. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> do, it's done tomorrow by the time this comes out. So I I don't know. I got two weeks of just like... Who knows? You'll just have to check my Instagram or something. Cause All right. That's usually where I uh, post like immediate stuff. Mm-mm-mm! Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel
1: like I need a kazoo to answer back like uh, <laughs> Party like, city it's like... They're not coconuts But you know they make stuff
0: I like it We are going to start doing What
1: about a... my, my Fortnite forecast
0: What about your Fortnite forecast
1: you're, you're just, you're gonna kazoo. I thought you had <laughs> You're going to kazoo gonna gonna... my Fortnite <laughs> forecast away
0: Kazoo right past, past you
1: right past me man
0: so, some, some would say kazoo tight <laughs>
1: Dad jokes! Uh, <laughs>
0: alright, alright, so what's your Fortnite forecast, Heidi?
1: <laughs> my Fortnite forecast is I have a big glaze firing that I'm going to be doing. If you were following along at all on my Instagram, I was looking for people who were interested in watching me do some glazing, so I'll be doing that. Um, on the weekend, I'll be sharing a live stream. And I've got a friend coming to help me. So lots of sanding with pottery. You have to sand everything really nice and smooth so there's no little boogers that'll cut you.
0: That's everyone's favorite part of any project. Everyone's favorite part is it's the sanding. funny
1: that you know, woodworkers always feel like they have it the worst. But uh, I do a lot of sanding, especially like around the edge of the top of a mug because you don't want to slice your lip open on a rough
0: edge. I guess.
1: I mean, you could add a little flavor to your tea, but I don't know too many that want to do that. So I've got a ton of glazing to do, which is super exciting. And, um, other than that, Ben and I have a project that's coming up. That is a joint project where. We have an order for a cowboy mug. And if you saw, like, a couple of months ago, I did a video with him where we just made a face mug as an experiment together. Like, I threw the vessel, and then he sculpted, and then I fired and glazed. So We actually got an order as a result from that, so we have a a cowboy mug that we're going to be working on and we'll be sharing that throughout its process. I don't think we'll do a full video, but we will be sharing the process via Instagram. Uh, I will be editing a video for Ben for the elephant bandsaw box that he made, so he videoed the process for that. That was a commission from a fellow maker, and that's exciting. That will be coming out in the next week or so, depending on how much time I have to edit. Oh, really exciting. So you know how I was making the um, Cryptic Works mug and the um, Izzy Swan mug two weeks yeah. ago? So I fired those. That was a successful fire. They look great. They're both about 18 ounces for capacity. I think I want to do a little bit bigger for Izzy, uh, but it was a good start. So I, I, I fired those. Those will be glazed. But as a result of posting that, I'm doing a joint project with um, Ellen from Crafts with Ellen cool so we're gonna we're gonna swap projects essentially so i'll be i actually 3d rendered her cookie cutter stamp for the um, front of the mug a couple of weeks ago it was on my instagram and i'll be throwing the mug and applying the badge to the friends and uh annie mckenzie reached out to me for Feather Forge and asked me if his logo was too complicated. And if I could possibly simplify it so that I could make him his own maker mug, and he actually ordered two. So I will be working on that. And I'll probably showcase that along with the Ellen mug because I'll be doing this at the same time.
0: Yeah, I know that mine was indeed very complicated.
1: (laughs) It was tough. But you know, after after like four or five times of doing it, I, I really got a handle on it. So I think it looks great.
0: Yeah, it turned out fantastic. I've been following along eagerly. So they look great, honestly. Yeah. And uh, Savannah is all about that elephant uh, bandsaw box. Sweet,
1: sweet. He just, um, he posted that uh, video today. He flopped the inside of the box.
0: <laughs> I need that coffee mug that's like 18 ounces of pure black coffee. That would be great. That would be. You should start a hashtag mug club. Maker mug mm. club. Yeah. That's
1: and then really fun maker mug
0: club. The flagship. For the Mug Club, I like that. So, if you didn't know already, we just launched our Patreon last week, and um, we are going to do some cool stuff on there. Right now, we have a lot more of the Bernie solo interview. We have about 30 more minutes, at least, of info that we talked to him about, and we just—it was too much to fit in the episode here, and so we're going to make a extended cut of his interview to post on our patreon so if you'd like to hear more about bernie i highly suggest going over there and checking it out we also have a very interesting thing that's probably going to be launching here in the next uh, couple weeks and it's called plot points so if you want to figure out what plot points is and how you can get involved in that because it's kind of a community-based thing so um i highly recommend it and it's going to be something interesting that everybody can get involved in and a lot of people can listen to. Yeah, head on over there. You know, um, I'd really like to get a a conversation started over on Patreon. So if you have any suggestions for the show, you know, pop on over there. Um, You don't have to be a patron to make a comment. So pop on over there, throw us a comment, you know, let us know how the episodes are. Let us know if there's anybody that you want to uh, hear. Also, that's one of the other cool things that we're going to start doing is dropping a little teaser about uh, what the upcoming stuff is, kind of uh, behind the scenes, so to speak. So you can get an idea of who we have lined up and who'll be coming on the episodes. Um, we would love to hear from you guys on maybe some questions and some guests so that way we can uh get who you want to hear and how they got started because even if they've had the same profession as somebody on the show their story is probably completely different (laughs) no my heart will go on paint me like one of your french ladies